Alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. For centuries, the ending of Mark's gospel has bothered people. How can it possibly end with the women terrified, afraid, terif terrified, afraid, leaving the tomb and not speaking to anyone? Well, whatever the answer, I don't want us to lose today that Mark does tell us of resurrection. He tells us of resurrection in the voice of the young man who meets them at the tomb, a man often depicted as an angel, uh, but who says to the women, you're seeking Jesus of Nazareth. He was crucified. He is not here. He has been raised. And then he tells them to go tell the disciples that Jesus is going ahead of them to where? To Galilee, to Galilee where it all began. All of the Gospels have some understanding of what the resurrection means in the big picture. Perhaps none more so than the Gospel of John, who sees the resurrection as the cosmic solution well, the, to, to all of the wrongs, that God is instituting a new creation and putting the world to rights. That, that is, that is what, we are, what, what, what John is trying to communicate. And Mark is doing something quite similar by saying, in the resurrection, Jesus is going back to the beginning. This new creation, this new story has to be written, in a sense, by us. A week or so ago, a couple weeks ago, I was with friends talking about um, this, this ish, this, this Johannine idea that, that God is putting the world to rights in the resurrection and saying, well, how do we connect that sort of cosmic notion with what's, what we experience in our day-to-day -day lives? And we started talking about justice and injustice, and we started talking about what would it mean for George Floyd to have justice? What's going on with the trial of uh, the police officer, Derek uh, Chauvin? Um, and we dismissed the idea that justice was about revenge, uh, maybe about at least holding this police officer accountable for what we all saw uh, on video uh, as an extraordinary instance of police brutality. But then we began to see that justice here means looking at the demands we place on a police officer, how they're trained and so on. Rosa Brooks, uh, sort of parenthetically, Rosa Brooks is a uh, professor at Georgetown Law School who became a um, volunteer police officer in the District of Columbia and didn't know there were such things. And she's written a book, uh, it's quite an easy, quick read, called Tangled Up in Blue. And it's an account of her own training. And also she raises some questions about about what wasn't in the training and has, has uh, set up a foundation that is beginning to change and allow conversations among police uh, recruits about larger societal issues, about how gentrification makes a difference in their policing and, 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 and things like that. Discussing thoughtful reforms of the demands we make on our police officers leads to recognition that in the dismantling of the welfare state, they, wound up, they have wound up taking on the role of social workers in, in many instances. How do we address that? Pretty soon we find ourselves talking about education, uh, and then we're into equity, and then we're into racism, and then we're into privilege, and, and so on. And once there, we're getting close to grasping uh, how, how justice at a cosmic level requires a kind of new creation, a new humanity, setting the world to rights, with which the Gospels see as beginning with the resurrection of Jesus.
Now, in, in this event of cosmic significance, uh, a new birth of new birth, it's that, that is what we mark in baptism. We give thanks for the water of baptism, saying, in it, we are buried with Christ in his death. Through it, we are reborn by the Holy Spirit. Um, by it, we share in his resurrection. In baptism, we mark this turning, turning away from sin, and not just from our own personal failings, but from all the brokenness and injustice that afflicts the universe. And we turn toward what really matters, toward truth and light and beauty and justice and love and so on. And that turning is something that we then have to renew each day and each week, which we do in many ways, but primarily through our, our worship, uh, allowing what really matters to shape our lives so that we live more freely, more hopefully, more lovingly, more courageously, more trusting than we ever imagined possible. And then perhaps we start seeing signs of resurrection in the world about us. Now, resurrection is fundamentally not a natural occurrence. People don't rise from the dead. It is an extraordinary um, sort of breaking in of something that is, not, that is almost unnatural. But nonetheless, we can see um, hints of resurrection principles in nature. I mean, most obviously, the, when winter turns to spring, uh, we can see it perhaps in the way um, when we reach herd immunity from COVID. I think that will be a kind of a resurrection It'll be the beginning of something, not a return, but the beginning of something new. Life after COVID will be different than life before in some ways. And that's a kind of sign of resurrection, perhaps. Uh, I see and hear resurrection stories in, um, in, in, when, when addicts tell of their uh, recovery. Just remarkable, uh, almost miraculous stories. I hear uh, and begin to sense resurrection in the stories of, of women who escape um, abusive situations and build a new lives for themselves and often for their children as well. Um, there's resurrection stories in those who have made the extraordinarily, often dangerous journey away from repressive homelands to find new life and refuge uh, in another country. And we're blessed to have some of those stories uh, in our midst. I'm so glad that our governments of both political parties keep trying to work with the leaders of uh, our neighbours to the countries of our, to, to, to the south um, to try and change the, the events on the ground that, that lead people to need to flee uh, their homes and their homelands uh, in the first place. I know these examples are not precisely resurrection. But they're hints, they're intimations, they're clues of, of what, uh, what, what goes on at a cosmic level when God breaks in and seeks to do something new. They point to the reality that we celebrate today. Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, has been raised, and everything, everything begins to be different in our lives and in the universe from that, from that time on. Perhaps you are among those growing numbers of people who have rejected religion uh, as not relevant to your life, probably in part because, because religious institutions sometimes seem to 
act and sound as though uh, religion itself is the point. But the point of any spiritual practice, including our, including our worship, is not the practice. It is the, the means of claiming the promises of abundant life. Jesus said, I came that they may, that they may have life and might have life and might have it abundantly. In John chapter 10, if anything we say and do today makes you hope that living with meaning and purpose, growing in an ability to be non-anxious, not wound up, not bent out of shape, not depressed, if, if you think in what we say and do today, what we proclaim, then by all means join us, come alongside us. We'd love to welcome you into the fold of those who celebrate this day proclaiming across the world and down the ages, Alleluia, Christ is risen, the Lord is risen indeed, Alleluia.